Hi there and welcome to Tailfire's Influence Lab. We've uploaded all the audio recordings of our courses here, but for the full experience, please head to learn.tailfire.com. Thanks and enjoy. to the Tailfire Influence Hub. This is a learning portal designed for marketers, social media managers, and anyone with an interest um, to understand and educate around influence marketing. This month, we are doing a countdown to 2021, looking at all the trends that are gonna come over the next year. As we say, a not so very sad goodbye to the year 2020. We're joined today by Katie McCain from our client success team, who's going to be talking about the trend of transparency and why it's gonna be so important in the coming year. So Katie, why did you choose to write your article on this topic? Yes, Esme, personally, I think that it is the biggest issue currently facing influencer marketing, especially from the creators themselves. I think influencer marketing has come a long, long way. And unfortunately, along that way, there hasn't been a particular rule book on transparency. And with any marketing ad campaign, there's always some gray lines. And without that rule book, I think some brands and creators have unfortunately crossed those lines. And I think it makes their audience not trust them as much anymore. They see a bombardment of ads all the time and it's getting harder and harder to tell, is this transparent? Like, are they really a supporter of this product or are they only doing it because they're getting paid? And, you know, we're all in the influencer marketing industry. Sometimes, unfortunately, that is the case, but we need to try and stop that. And I think the sooner it becomes clearer for creators to show their audiences that they are genuinely interested in the product, or even if they are just being honest and say, you know, I'm not a previous user of this product, but I have been paid to promote it and I have tried it and I do like it, which is why I'm presenting it to you. I think it will become a much healthier experience for both the audience, the creators and the brands themselves that are trying to promote their products out there. So when you're talking about transparency, are you talking about things like authenticity or having to mark adverts or what kind of transparency are you looking for from brands and influencers? So yeah, I'll, I'll probably split this into two maybe. I think from the creator side, I think it is transparent to show to the, the audience that they are a genuine user of the product. I think there is harm in presenting a product that they have not used before to their audience if, if they don't believe in it, if they don't believe in the values um, of the brand themselves. I think it's dangerous for them to promote that to their audience uh, because it's under false pretenses. And if the audience buys the product from them and it has a bad effect or you know, it's maybe even something out of the creator's control if they haven't tested it themselves to realize that they're not at any liberty to then attack the brand. And it can also look bad. It looks bad on them and the brand because they've signed this agreement and, you know, their audience may be at harm. Um, hopefully not an extreme case, but they may be at harm of um, using the product. So I think that's why it really needs to happen. And from the brand side as well, they need to be transparent to creators when making these deals, they need to know what their audience is into. Um, are they gonna like it? Is it relevant? Because if they're not transparent with that in the contract, they're, they're wasting money. Because if it's not relevant to their audience or the audience does buy and has a bad feedback with it, that's gonna harm them as a company and that's gonna lose them money. So I think transparency is quite a big issue that everyone needs to tackle really. 
I know in the article you mentioned Charlie D'Amelio and her work with Duncan on TikTok. Could you explain a little bit about kind of that trend, what happened and why that was so successful? Yeah, so obviously everyone knows TikTok at the moment. It's that up at the moment, as everyone says. But yeah, Charlie D'Amelio is a big creator on TikTok. She's, if not the biggest, she's just hit 100 million followers. And in her TikToks, she always used to drink coffee. She still does. And every time it was Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And this was before any paid integration was happening, um, as far as everyone's aware of. And she was drinking it, having the time of her life. And her followers started to associate Dunkin' Donuts with Charlie. They even like would start commenting like, oh, I just bought this drink today as well. Or asking her what's her favorite drink. And then they would go and buy it because they, they want to be like Charlie. They want to live her lifestyle. So when Dunkin' Donuts approached Charlie to make a drink called the Charlie, which is very aptly named, um, this was a great success. The app where they could pre-order the drink, it had so many downloads. I think it was times two or times three downloads um, on the day. And ice cold coffee sales went up a staggering amount in the next two days um so even though they may not have been buying the charlie they were drinking dunking donuts they may have swapped from starbucks or another american drinks brand and that was really important for dunking donuts because they could be stealing their competitors yeah. customers and it's all to do with gen z and tiktok they are the ones that that the customers to to steal because some people are already set in their ways. Obviously it was to do with Charlie's audience. They're quite a young audience and they are getting quite obsessed with coffee, um, maybe to support their schoolwork or something like that. So that's why it was such a big success because Charlie D'Amelio had already started drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee and it, it was a natural integration that, you know, it was not like she was drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee and then she started drinking Starbucks and said, hi guys, I promoted a drink with Starbucks. Um, you know, I've co cooperated with Starbucks to create this drink. And yeah, so please go buy Starbucks coffee. It wasn't like that. Her audience said, okay, yeah, this is totally believable. You've been drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Why has this not happened before? And they were really praising her for it. It was a great partnership. And I think her audience appreciated it, that it was with a product that she loved. I think it's really interesting. So the, the Charlie drink was actually a highly caffeinated drink. I think it had like three shots of espresso in. So I think it's so interesting to see that the sales of iced coffees of other drinks were kind of increased as well, because you can see her young audience probably not wanting three shots of espresso. Um, so going for a different type of iced drink. But how can other brands, you know, obviously Duncan, quite a big brand, quite an established brand, working with Charlie, quite a big established TikToker. It's easy to make that connection for Duncan to one big influencer but how do regular brands or smaller brands find influencers who represent their values so i think it's it's quite a it's quite a tough process to find someone who completely fits your brand values here at taylorfy that is something that we're trying to discover right now we're trying to research into because i think it is a key part of influencer marketing you have to pick an influencer that is relevant to your brand because otherwise it, it's a waste of money no one's gonna buy it if they don't believe that the person selling it to them uses it you know if you walked out to the street and someone i don't know tried to sell you a cake but you know, they didn't look like they had cake. That's a really bad example, but you, you know what I mean? And um, so it, it's really important. And let's say, for example, on TikTok, 
Uh, another great example is JD Sports. They specifically targeted football TikTokers, dance TikTokers, which obviously on TikTok is a massive market. They do dances all the time and it's always trending. And so for a brand like JD, which is activewear, it was a perfect combination because I think Gymshark also did it as well with fitness people on TikTok. It's, it's a natural fit. They would be working out or dancing in, in sweatpants, in hoodies. And so it was perfect for JD to just put their clothes on instead of another hoodie. It wasn't as if they were wearing ball gowns and now they're wearing trackies by JD Sports. It was, it's natural. So you've got to think, is this relevant? Is this creator relevant for my brand? Are they doing something that aligns with the typical, typical customer of our brand? Because if they're not acting how you would expect your customers to act in the lifestyle that they have, it comes to show that the influencer isn't going to be relevant for you. You wouldn't pick a cooking influencer if you're promoting, I don't know, home and design, like a sofa. It's, it's just not relevant. And you want return on your money at the end of the day. So why not go after people who represent your customers? Yeah, I think 100% you can see that JD obviously had a close time with TikTok there and were keeping an eye on the trend. So they were able to see that people weren't dancing in ball gowns, people were dancing in loungewear and comfortable clothes, especially over lockdown. Yeah. We've all been stuck in our leggings and pajamas all day. Um, so you can see they kind of they're in touch with the trends and they were able to take their brand values and apply that over into the audience that was kind of to fit with the what the audience was already doing, which made a really natural integration for sure. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. You've, you've got to integrate your product in a way that customers are going to relate to. Because um, at the end of the day, you can pick the right creator, but if you don't pick the right creator's audience, then you're still not going to make money and it's still not going to create the most great impression because they're the ones that are going to end up buying your your products. Um, you can have, let's say, use the example of JD. The reason they work so well is because a lot of the creators they used had a young audience. And JD's mainly target audience is young people, um, young active people that want to go out, they want to do things, they want to be active. You know, I'm not sure my mum would be the correct target audience for JD. And that's fine because, and that's why it was so successful because they didn't use you know, um, <laughs> they didn't use my mum. I don't know why, but yeah. So I think that's, that's why it's so successful. You've got to integrate it with a creator that has the correct target audience and that creates the content that is going to align with your target audience as well. Amazing. What a great point to end on. Thank you so much, Katie, for joining us as part of our Countdowns 2021 trending piece. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed that episode. Please do share and give us a like and head to learn.tailify.com for more content.